Hello and welcome to Universally Challenge. Yes, we're back. We're back. Uh, well, I say we're back. I'm back. Rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated. As you can see, I'm here before you today. Uh, I know it's been a while since we put out a podcast. It's been a lot of scheduling conflicts with Scooter and I. There's been a few health things this summer that have stood in the way. Nothing major. Nothing major. If you want to pray for your host and put a prayer in it, it'd be much welcomed. Nothing to worry anybody about or for anybody to be concerned about. Just little little bitty things here and there that have uh, stood in the way of us getting a podcast out. And this week was no exception with some scheduling conflicts and Scooter working out of town. But I decided I would bring a little something today. Just do just a little something small. I'm not going to take a lot of your time. You don't want to hear me talking by myself all the time. I definitely like having a, someone else to bounce off of. They fill in the gaps where I leave gaps. And I know that I leave gaps at times. Now, as far as, far as the schedule, this summer has been kind of busy. I'm going to do my best to try to get out two podcasts a month starting in October. August, I am shooting for doing a couple of full podcasts with Scooter and I, and probably going to take the month of September off. We've got a little vacation time in there, and I'll mention that as we get closer to it to remind everybody. Uh, I know I know, y'all set y'all's alarm clocks to when our podcast is coming out. are just so excited, so I don't want to disappoint anybody. So I'm going to let you know that we're, we're probably going to take September off, but hopefully in October, we'll start up a regular pace of once every two weeks, we'll put out a podcast. We want to touch on the things that people want to know about. We want to make sure that we're always doing everything through a biblical perspective, a biblical lens, and we view the world through that, and we talk about how we as Christians should react to the things of the world according to the Bible. And we want to stay strong on that. And if you think we're falling short of that or missing the point, please feel free to contact us and let us know. I definitely appreciate it. Correction, when it comes from the Bible, use scripture if you, if you have a correction for me. Some things I may change my mind on, and on other things I'm sure we can choose to agree to disagree. And that's okay, but I don't know unless you let me know. So please feel free, you know, go to the show notes. I have an email. I have a Twitter that I never use, <laughs> but I do put out that our show's out on that Twitter and I'm sure it'll notify me if somebody tweeted me. So feel free to tweet me or email me. So as many of us do these days, we watch a lot of YouTube. We watch, um, I mean, you can get a, a lot of great things off YouTube. I don't know how many R.C. Sproul teachings I've watched on there. Vody Bauckham, uh, John MacArthur. There's just a wealth of really good teaching that you can get off YouTube and as I watch these YouTube short videos at lunch, sometimes I'll get somebody on there that I like as a person. I know is a good Christian with good intentions, but I don't really care for their view. Sometimes I think their philosophy gets in the way of their theology. And that could be said about a lot of people, and I'm sure they could turn it right back around on me. But these aren't the clips like we were talking about with Andy Stanley or with Rick Warren, people that I think are really going almost heretical with what they're saying. If they're, I mean, some of the stuff is straight out heretical, and I definitely would like to point that stuff out whenever I see it, and that's why we've talked about it in the past. But there's other people, I wouldn't throw them in that same category, 
is Andy Stanley or Rick Warren, where I would say false teacher. But they're still missing the point when they say it. And they're people that people listen to. And I think there's plenty of times where you can listen to these people and get the truth out of it. But make sure you always take the Bible and compare it against what they're saying. The, the person in question today, in the past, when I really first got into defending the faith and apologetics, I've probably listened to every debate this person had. I listened to that he teaches a Bible class or a Sunday school class at his church called the Defender Series. I listened to every single subject he covered where he basically was doing systematic theology. And uh, I used to really be on board kind of with his view. But over time, my soteriology changed some from what his is. And I think that's where the basis of the problem is with some of the things that I hear from him. He really likes to focus on what a man would do with a free will choice. And I think that's where he's going to miss the point in a couple of things here. And and we'll get into that a little bit more. I'll explain a little bit better here in a second. This, this man is named Dr. William Lane Craig. Uh, his friends, I believe, call him Bill. I will sometimes refer to him as Bill. I'm not his friend, but I would like to be friendly with him. If I saw him, I would definitely shake his hand and be happy to meet him and all those good things. Because I think this man is a Christian man. And I think that he has spent his life in devotion to defending Christianity. Okay, so I want to get it started like that because I don't want it to be like this is a harsh criticism or that this is somebody that you absolutely can't listen to because I think you can and I think he's beneficial. I think he's a man that, uh, you know, as a Christian, you'll see him in heaven one day. Okay, I, I truly do believe that. So don't think I'm calling him a heretic. Okay. I just know as I listen through my YouTube videos, I see his responses to questions. Sometimes they'll ask him a little bit of short questions, and he'll answer them. Uh, he is a doctor in philosophy, and sometimes uh, I know other people I've suggested him to in the past thought he, he spoke over their heads a little bit, that he was a little too smart for them, or he comes off a little snooty the way he talks. But I don't think he intends to come off like that. He's just an academic, and they speak a little different than us. Anyway, when I was at lunch the other day, I was listening to one of his videos and someone asked him a question. Why aren't fallen angels reconciled at the cross? Uh, let's see what answer he has to give. Why aren't fallen angels also reconciled at the cross? Yeah, well, because Jesus did not die for the sins of fallen angels. Now, the question might be then asked, well, why not? Why not? die to redeem them. And here we're just speculating, but I think a possible answer could be that they, having fallen away from God, are so incorrigible that nothing would suffice to bring them back to free uh, repentance and faith in God, that they are irredeemably evil. Uh, and that, therefore, there was no point in having Christ die for the fallen angels. Okay, you, you got his answer there. And I know this seems like a silly video to nitpick, but as uh, Todd Frill would say, he, his spiritual gift is nitpicking. I think I got that in double portion, uh, so I'll pick a nit with anything. But this struck a chord with me. And I sent the video to Scooter at the time, 
and he saw it and said he didn't have a problem with it. So just know that if he was here, he would probably say he doesn't have a problem with with what he's saying here. But his first statement he made is absolutely true when he said Jesus did not die for the angels. The cross was not about angels. It was not about redemption of angels. It was about God redeeming fallen man. It wasn't anything to do with the angels. Angels were not reconciled to God. The fallen angels were not reconciled to God at the cross. And we have no biblical evidence to say that God made a way of salvation for fallen angels. There's very little in the Bible about that. We know angels appear in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. There were times where you saw a pre-incarnate Christ, and he was with angels in the Old Testament. We know uh, at one point a host of angels was revealed above with char- and chariots. and uh, There's all sorts of Old Testament angels in the New Testament. An angel come to Mary. You know, there were angels in the New Testament as well. and But we know a few things about angels. We don't know a lot about them. We do know a third of them fell and that they are demons, and we don't see Jesus witnessing to demons or saying that there's any path to God through them. So we do know that fact, and he made a correct statement by saying that he absolutely did not die for the angels. And from there, he speculated, and speculation is fine. You go back and listen to some of my other podcasts, I guarantee you're going to pick out times where I speculate and say, well, Zach, you speculated right there, and that would be true. And it's okay to speculate a little bit, but when we speculate on the character of God or an action of God, we need to know that our speculations have good biblical backing or have a, or we speculate you use a good biblical hermeneutic whenever you do that, right? And I would really go ahead and agree with his next point where he says as a speculation that in their fallen state, that there's nothing in their free will that would reconcile them to God. And that is, that is a fact. But what is the difference between a fallen angel and fallen man? Adam is our federal head, fell. We all receive a fallen nature. And your will is tied to your fallen nature. You have a free will. You're freely choosing to be opposed to God at this point. The Bible teaches us that The natural man, the fallen man, is opposed to God and wants nothing to do with the things of God. I mean, we've been over this before, but let's go back to Romans 3, 10 through 18, let's say. There is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open tomb. Their tongues... They keep deceiving. The poison of asp is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness? Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths. In the path of peace, they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. This is what Paul is telling them whenever he describes both the Jew and the Greek. He said this is both of their states apart from God, the natural man. This is who we are. So there is nothing in our fallen state within ourselves, from ourselves, that is redeemable, except for that God chose to reach out to man and redeem man. 
That's where I think his problem is here. He's saying the angels are unredeemable, but the same thing would be said about us. That's what makes grace amazing. That's what makes the cross amazing. That's why when Jesus condescended to come to earth and humble himself to death on a cross and defeat the grave to redeem his people, that's what's so amazing. That's why the angels long to look into those things. They want to see the mysteries of why God would do such a thing and why he would redeem an unredeemable people. And I feel like Craig's philosophy on man is, even though I think he would tell you that, yes, they're fallen, if God offered redemption, there's something good in them that would have them want to accept it. Because he's saying that the angels, there's no point in God doing this for angels because they may be so irredeemable that if he did offer them salvation that they couldn't make a free will they would not make a free will choice to do it so there's no point in him doing it well that also misses another point on who god is we've talked about the sovereignty of god we've talked about the fact that our god is in heaven he does all that he pleases psalms 115:3 there's numerous verses in the bible about God, no one thwarting his will, and that he does as he wants, and that everything that he wills passes, that he is absolutely sovereign. R.C. Sproul said there's not a rogue molecule in the universe. Everything is how God would have it, and he works all things to good, to for our good and for his glory. So he misses that point as well, because he's saying there's no point that God couldn't do it. So the the free will of these angels could override the free will of God if he chose to redeem them. That is not true, and it is not a, a, a biblical point. And that's where I have problems with it, because he's not only saying that there's something that's good in man through making the statement that there's not something good in the angels that would do it. So the fallen man has something that is good in him, which is totally contrary to what the Bible says. And he's also saying that if God made a choice to do so, that he couldn't. And that is also a misunderstanding of who God is, uh, I believe, through that answer. I just don't feel like it's a well-thought-out answer for such a, a very intelligent man. He is a very intelligent man. I want to keep making that point. But if we really, as Christians, look at where salvation comes from in man, it's not something that extends out from us. It is something that is given to us. It is, we are recipients of salvation. The Bible describes us as being dead in our sins and trespasses and made alive in Christ. We're not sick men. We're not men that have our hands out begging for a hand up, and he helps us get out of the hole. As Vody Bauckham said, we don't go to heaven and pat ourselves on the back and say, me and Jesus, we did it. No, we, we were dead as a doornail, and he made us alive. And we go to heaven, and we look at him with amazement and say, this is a great God that redeemed a sinner such as I. Okay, That's why grace is amazing. And um, I, do, I don't mean to pick a nit with a fellow Christian necessarily, but I, I have seen several of his clips. I had a couple more that I was thinking about going over that have to do with what happened to people who had never heard the gospel, what their eternal destination was. But I feel like this is enough this week. I don't really want to 
to pick too much with a fellow Christian. I, we may cover the other videos. I just know his videos pop up in my feed regularly on YouTube Shorts, and I thought some of you might see his stuff too. And I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. Now, I do think several of his things are beneficial. There's nothing wrong with having evidential knowledge to defend the faith. And he has some good arguments, classical arguments about the universe that I think are good to know. It makes you confident whenever you talk to somebody. But just know there is no power to save within those arguments. The power is the gospel, and we must take it to others so they can hear it so God can change their hearts. Remember, if you haven't witnessed to somebody this week, witness to somebody. And if you have witnessed to somebody, witness to somebody else in God's place. Thank you for listening and supporting our podcast. And until next time, keep styling and profiling. You see cast?